0: Welcome to the Avail podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're doing something a little bit different. For the next three weeks, we'll be hosting our Back to Leadership series, a series revisiting our highly requested and critically acclaimed Avail episodes that we feel all leaders would benefit from taking another listen to. Today, we're diving back to the AVAIL episode with Sam Chand on key leadership principles and strategies. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the AVAIL leadership podcast. As always, I'm your host, Virgil Sierra. I get to go on this fun ride that is hosting Veil Leadership Podcast. I'm also the pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in sunny South Florida. As always, our goal here on the AVAIL Leadership Podcast is to bring practical, relevant leadership principles and teachings that are going to encourage you. And I got a special treat for everybody today. We got a special treat because we got a special guest. We're talking about, in Spanish, I would call him el jefe, which means the boss we got dr sam chand in the house on the avail leadership podcast dr sam how you doing my friend
1: i'm wonderful i ain't nobody's boss you know i'm not even my own boss i have the biggest problem myself i'm no not boss of my wife my children grandchildren nobody so just good to be asked to be anywhere and today
0: with you love what you do thank you so much for this invitation Hey, you know, I'm reminded. We've talked about it before, but I'm reminded of of when we first met. We were in in Bogota, Colombia. We were teaching and training pastors and leadership. I remember uh, something inside of me just said, "Verge, go connect with Dr. Sam." And uh, and then we got to share a ride to the airport, and and you know, I got to hear a little bit and share a little bit with you. And it's unbelievable how the journey of life. Takes us, and and you don't know today where you're going to be tomorrow or who you're going to be connected with. But I'll just say this, Doctor Sam, I'm honored to be connected to you and the Avail family.
1: Well, I'm honored to be connected to you, Pastor Virgil. Uh, you are uh, not only uh, a pastor at a church, but you're through your service, you're pastoring so many leaders all over the world. Uh, you you take our message, you make it better, you expand our message. And we're just honored to be together as teammates
0: moving forward. <laughs> All right. So I thought we would do something special, Dr. Sam. I-, I, th- I wanted to do kind of an unscripted. There's not a there's not a new book at this moment. I know there's one coming up and cooking, but there's not a new book. There's not an event. Let's just talk some leadership. Let's kind of open up our hearts a little bit. Is that okay with you? Oh, that'll be perfect. Let's do that. I love this. All right. All right. So here's my first, first question I was thinking about. You are you are a leader of leaders. You are a coach of coaches. You are a pastor to pastors. You are consultant to business leaders and marketplace leaders. What in this current moment, we're talking about at the recording of, of this uh, podcast, it's April, 2021. It's probably going to maybe uh, air sometime in May, 2021. At this time... What are the biggest leadership issues that are on your heart and in your mind? And what do you think it is that leaders right now should be focusing on, focusing their thoughts, their minds, and their hearts on?
1: So let me answer that as part A and part B. Uh, Let me start with part A. Part A, I would simply call influence. And part B, I would call legacy. So let's talk about influence first. So every leader that I work with, ministry, marketplace, corporate, church, really doesn't matter. Every leader that I'm working with is wanting to grow their influence. Now, that's a big word uh, because everybody wants to grow their influence in leaders' life. Uh, They want to grow their influence in the marketplace. They want to grow their influence with their business community, with the church cohorts. And, and influence is something that everybody is aspiring toward. So we write books because we're trying to be influencers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do podcasts because we want to be influencers. We, we tweet out stuff and Instagram and some even TikTok stuff out there, uh, <laughs> LinkedIn stuff, you know, because Facebook, all of that is because we're trying to influence people. And I think that's the, I would say at the heart of everything is leaders are asking, how can I increase my influence? Mm. Everybody knows that they're influential. But how do you increase your influence? So my question becomes, A, who do you have influence with? Mm. B, how can you leverage that present influence into greater influence? see what tools are available to you to be able to gain influence. I'll I'll give you an example in my own life. So many years ago, I said to my uh, daughter as well as assistant, her name is Rachel. And I said to Rachel, I said, Rachel, what if we sent out a video every Tuesday to our mailing list, our email list, our email list, and simply call it Tuesdays with Sam Chant. (laughs) Remember the old Tuesdays is Maury? So I just kind of picked up from there and called it Tuesday with Sam Chant. And so uh, I think she had an i4, i5 camera (laughs) at that time. Didn't even have a tripod to put on it. We didn't have no backdrop, nothing like this. (laughs) So I stood in front of a blank wall in my home, in my home, uh, in the basement of our home, actually. I stood in front of a blank wall. She would hold the camera and go, one, two, (laughs) (laughs) and she'd nod her head at me. And I would pick up a topic and talk about something for uh, my goal was two minutes or less. And then I'd send it out to my email list. Well, that took traction. Wow. And God only knows how many thousands upon thousands upon thousands people get that Tuesday with Sam Chan all over the world. People use it for corporate and church training. They use it for staff development. They use it for board development. They use it for all kinds of different things because every Tuesday is a different topic. In fact, if you go to my website, samchan.com slash Tuesday, you will find it all over there hundreds of videos, all of them under two minutes. Now, I use that example to say, I had to ask myself, what is available to me? So I know you are listening to me right now. And if you're a leader, you're feeling the same thing I just described. You want to grow your influence. Mm-hmm. And because you want to grow your influence, ask you, what is available to me right now? For me, it was an iPhone, Rachel, <laughs> my daughter standing and saying, click, and that's what we did. So let me go to the question of legacy. That is the question I wish that more leaders would be wrestling with. Mm. Now, every leader listening to me right now will say, will give it mental assent, will agree with it intellectually. Mm -hmm. But to say that leaders are pursuing their legacy, Intentionally, by design, and not by default, very few, Mm. very few. Because this is what you need to know about legacy. Legacy is not what you leave behind, it is who you leave behind. Mm. So the question is for all of us uh, who are we going to leave behind? Because one day, you know, we will exit this planet, uh, and, and the question will always be who did you leave behind? So mm. people will be your legacy, not buildings. Buildings will eventually deteriorate, burn down. Something's going to happen. Your cars will stop running. Your houses will need repair. Your money will run out, doesn't matter how much you have. Uh, your stocks you know, will go up and down. All that is, is just stuff. It's just stuff. That's not your legacy.
0: Mm.
1: And, and, and especially if I could speak to uh, pastors, especially in, you know, there are terminologies being used right now, like, I want to pass a baton, not a walking cane. <laughs> I think that came from Tom Mullins. Uh, uh, the, next one, yeah, the next one, I don't remember where it came from, but someone said, I want to uh, pass the torch, not burn down the house. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so I would like for leaders, uh, Pastor Virgil, to think about, who am I investing in right now? Mm. Uh, who am I investing in? Not just so that there would be my deacon, usher, trustee, uh, not that there'll be a good executive pastor, but who am I investing in right now that will take what I am and not just replicate it, but expand it?
0: Carry was, it on, carry yeah, it on. Yeah.
1: who can Who can finish your sentences for mm. you? Yeah. You know, who can walk into your office after a decision has been made and say, Pastor Virgil, I know why you made that decision. Uh Because they don't just know how you're thinking, but they also know why you're thinking, Uh how you're thinking. (laughs) Yeah, so so that is the kind of person I'm talking about when you're leaving a legacy. Well, that's a short, long answer to a short question. Sorry about
0: that. <laughs> no, no, but that's good because you kind of, that's what I want. I wanted to hear, what does Sam Chan think about this? And you mentioned that what you think leaders should be thinking about right now is influence and legacy. I would agree that it's very rare. I don't think I've ever remember asking a leader, hey, what are you working on? I'm working on my legacy. I don't think it's something that we have as naturally hey, I should be thinking about this. Is it ever too early to start thinking about legacy?
1: No, it's not, but most people are not thinking like that. Most people don't even start thinking legacy till their mid-50s because all of a sudden, they realize they've lived longer than they're going to (laughs) live. All of a sudden, (laughs) you know, mortality starts coming in and there's some body aches and pains. You know, your energy level is low uh, lower, not low. Lower. Yeah. Uh, you, you are. You, you know that. You your runway is getting shorter. Uh, you're also thinking about uh, your own future beyond whatever you are doing right now. So mm. I think a lot of things start coming, and so most people don't start thinking about uh, before 55. But I think if someone starts thinking about that earlier, they can become more intentional mm. about. Uh, who they surround themselves with, uh, start thinking about how they're going to leave uh, a legacy and who they want the part legacy to be a part of. Uh, so I, I think it's never too early, but from a natural perspective, most mm-hmm. people start thinking about it from their
0: mid-50s. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, this is good. This is good. I, I love this. I love having a little bit of space and some freedom to ask you some questions, Dr. Sam. Okay, here, here's... Here's, here's an issue that i think you know not only that i want to hear but a lot of a lot of leaders want to hear we know that as leaders the condition of our souls is important how we're how our emotions are how our relationships are can you speak into how to care for our souls you know i, I admire you uh, dr sam because you um, you've been doing this leadership for a long time uh, whether it's pastoring whether it's president of a university whether it's leadership consulting you've been in and around this leadership world for a long long time and praise god your family is strong your, your marriage is going is strong and going and and, there, and you have more vision of what god is calling you to do so how, how do we how do we take care of our souls that's the first part and then and then i'll ask you a little bit about how do we care for the souls of the people that we're leading but let's start start first on how do we care for our souls
1: That's a very, very important question that very few people are asking. Because if you don't take off your soul, uh, you will turn into a bitter human being. Mm -hmm. It'll eat you up from the inside. Mm -hmm. If you don't have resources on the inside, uh, when difficult days come, we're going to have a hard time. Jeremiah asks us a question. Jeremiah asks, hey, listen, if you can't run with the foot foot runners, what are you going to do if you have to run with the horses? <laughs> uh, how will you, where will you get your strength from? And our biggest strength comes from the inside. However, it is poured into us through others. Mm. So I want to take your soul care question and ask probably the same question with different metaphor. And the metaphor is, who is your gas station? Okay. When you start running on empty, when the needle starts dipping, who replenishes your soul? Now, the easy answer would be, well, I pray. I get that. I get that. And I think that is the most important thing you can do. I read my Bible. I think that's very important. And that is another very important thing you can do. But I have found that soul care cannot happen outside of community of Mm. friends and relationships. Uh, In my case, my soul care comes with my wife, with my children, and my friends. I have a small group of friends who we, you know, we... we talk to each other about what we're talking about right now. How are you doing? How's life for you? How's your marriage? How are your children? How's your money? Uh, how are you thinking about the future? What are you watching? Uh, what is tempting you that you want to fight off? Hmm. And, and, and I think when you start thinking about taking care of yourself, you have to do that in community. That's why God created only two institutions on this planet. In Genesis, he created the family. Mm-hmm. And Acts, he created the church. And both of them are about community. Both of them about doing life with one another. So soul care uh, comes from uh, knowing, knowing that I cannot do this myself. The other thing I would say about soul care is you've got to be brutally honest with yourself when you know that you're dipping low. Mm-hmm. Because as you're dipping low, the enemy knows that too. Mm. And as you're dipping low, he's going to come and uh, approach you as you're dipping low. As you are getting a little bit more disappointed in life. Mm. As you're thinking, I should be further down the road. As you're thinking, well, this is not what's cracked up to be. <laughs> as you're thinking, is this the marriage I want to be in? As you're thinking about, is this a church I want to pastor? Mm. As as you're going through those questioning, I call existential angst. As -hmm. you go through that in your life, that's what the enemy wants to swoop in when you are are weak. And that is where you don't start taking care of your soul when you are dipping. You keep the, the temperature up. You keep the gas needle full. You want to make sure that uh, your soul is fulfilled. I'm not looking for happiness. I am looking for joy. Hmm. Because happiness is dependent on happenings. Hmm. But joy comes from way deep within. Uh, remember the, the psalmist in Psalm 34, David says to us, I'll bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That that phrase continually in the Hebrew has a picture. Hebrew language is a very interesting language because uh, Greek is intellectual. Hebrew is feeling and words and pictures. In in the Hebrew that word uh, about his special continually, the word continually be in my mouth, uh, has a picture of a spring, a underground spring of water. And if you walk up to an underground spring of water Uh, you cannot stop it. You cannot cap it. You you put your hand on it. You put your foot on it. You're going to get wet. Because it's coming from the inside. It's coming from the inside. But nothing can come from the inside if it is not replenished. And so soul care is just so important for yourself. The second part of the question was, how do you care for other people's souls?
0: Yes. Yeah. Can can I jump in, Dr. Sam, real quick? Because uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, but specifically... There's, there's two or three perspectives, right? There's a perspective of, I need to care for my soul. But then as a leader, is should we have that expectation that we need to care for the souls of the people that we're leading? And then A, if my soul is not well, <laughs> how can I care well for them? And then B, if I am well, does that make a difference in, in the care?
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you can't give what you don't have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't pass on what you don't possess. So if, you, if your soul is unhealthy, you cannot pass on health. If you're dealing with deep disappointment, it's hard to uh, give out encouragement. If you're not happy and satisfied and uh, growing in your marriage, it's hard to help others grow in their marriage. Yeah. It just go, It just goes like that. It it is. Uh, the Bible says, "Out of the abundance of the heart, mm-hmm. the mouth will speak." That means your your outflow comes from the uh, what is abundant in your life. So yes. Uh, as a soul care provider, uh, you have to take care of yourself, but you also have to take care of others, Mm -hmm. except for the fact, keep reminding yourself you're not the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Keep reminding yourself you can fix everybody. Keep reminding yourself that you are not called to keep people happy. Keep reminding yourself that people are going through tough times and they don't need easy believism, or easy grace, or an easy way out. People are not looking for formulas. People need a pathway of how to live life. Yeah. If we could distill our life, Pastor Virgil, to a formula, here are the three things you need to do and you'll be fine. (laughs) Life would be good. We would write it out. We would practice it and voila, we are good. (laughs) But that's not how life is. You got to Walk out this pathway. You look at any Bible character and you look at everybody, it'll be all be zigzag, up, down, in, out. And, and, and you will see God speaking to them loudest in their valley times, in the lowest times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, how do you care for others? It comes out of deep empathy. It comes from genuine concern. It comes from a higher perception of them than we normally do. It comes from saying, I have something that they can use. And here's what I would like to say. When you are caring for the souls of others, don't put pressure on yourself for them to come through. Hmm. Because now you think that the results will validate you, that right. their results will affirm you, that you'll feel better about yourself as a soul care provider. You just do your part and let God do his part. Because any relationship with pressure is really not a relationship. So, uh, take care of your soul, so that you can take care of others
0: as well. That's great. This is for me. This is leadership gold because I think, I think that it's another one of those areas that sometimes can be left to the side. Uh, I'm focusing on this. I'm focusing on that, but not realizing that when my soul is healthy and well. I'm gonna be a better leader. I'm gonna be a better leader. All right. So talking about talking about soul, how's your soul, Doctor Samchian, right now? How, if I could, if, if, we, if we could be candid, how's your soul right now in this current season? How you feeling? How's your heart? Uh, talk to me. I think my soul
1: is better now than it was in 2019, 2020. Uh, of course, I'm aging which is a good thing. I'm enjoying this aging process in my life because it's allowing me to think in ways I haven't thought before. Mm-hmm. Because some thoughts just come to you when you get there. And uh, so I'm enjoying that. At the time that uh, you and I are having this conversation, uh, I'm 68, I'll be 69 in just a few months. So that's a very, very good place in my life. My soul is in a very, very, very good place. Mm-hmm. Uh, my walk with the Lord is good. Uh, uh, my, uh, my marriage is in a very good place. Right now, we've been married for 42 years. So it's in a very good place. My children, both my daughters are in a very good place. One of my daughters is married, the other is not. And they're married in a good place. My grandchildren are in a good place. My finances, personal finances are in a good place. All that affects your soul. I want to tell you, all that affects your soul. I'm sleeping really, really good. I sleep a minimum of eight to nine hours every night. Uh, I I sleep uninterrupted. Uh, I might get up once or twice for a bio uh, need. But apart from that, I'm sleeping well. I'm eating well. I am having good conversations with people. I'm having leadership conversations all over the world. Mm. I'm writing more books than I ever have. I'll have three books come out this year. Uh, so mm-hmm. all that, all that to say that, uh, all those things don't define my soul, but all those things put together, put an amazing buffet on the table. And my life is full right now, full in a very grateful sense for full in a in a way, for example, uh, pastor Virgil, if I didn't want to work, didn't want to consult, I don't have to. And that's, uh, that's a really peaceful place to have in your life, uh, to be know, know that there are no pressures, mm-hmm. in which I have to do. So everything, this, let me say it this way. I'm most fulfilled right now because everything that I do is because I want to do it. Mm. I don't have to say yes to anything I don't want to. And that is
0: an amazingly fulfilled place to live in. That's good. Well, I'm glad you said yes to this podcast because I'm loving it and I'm enjoying this right now. Okay, here's a question, kind of turned into a little bit on a serious note. What breaks your heart?
1: I think the greatest thing that breaks my heart is to see people full of potential squandering it. Mm. Uh, people, and so how do they squander it? I think that would be the next question. Mm-hmm. And squander it, but thinking long, short-term rather than long-term. Uh Thinking that how they dress and how they pulpiteer are the most important things, and forgetting that people's souls are at risk and content rather than delivery. Delivery is important, but content is more important Mm. because people gotta be taught. I see people squandering when they are paying more attention to their business and the church rather than their families. Hmm. Because at the end of your days, you will not wish you had spent more time at the office. Yeah. At the end of your days, uh, your church folk will not be surrounding you and your corporate executive leadership team will not be surrounding you. It'll be family. When they're lowering you into the ground six feet under or cremating you, whichever way it goes... uh, It'll be important what your family says, not anybody else. So I see people squandering their lives by being more performance-oriented. performance, performance oriented. Uh, I, I see people squandering their lives when they are taking more care of their public persona than their private life. Mm. Because if you take off your private life, it'll take care of your public life. I see people squandering uh, their lives when they are not living in community, rather trying to be lone rangers. Hmm. They got got friends, but not friends who will speak truth and grace into their life. So yeah, what, what breaks my heart, what grieves me deeply is when I see people just squandering great potential on inconsequential things. And I think people have to ask themselves, will this matter? Ten years from now, will this matter?
0: If mm. the answer
1: is ten years from now it will not matter, then I would rethink that, and see what you really need to be doing, and play the long game. Play the long game, mm. uh, because that is where, that's where it's all about. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I I remember I remember I was twenty eight, uh, Pastor Virgil. I was getting ready to pastor my first church as a senior pastor in Michigan was an established church. And they'd invited me to be their pastor. 28 years of age, uh, I went to our denominational conference. Uh, they had a convention every year in August uh, in a town in Ohio. So I traveled down to Ohio and uh, I saw the general superintendent or some would call him the bishop of our movement walking across the parking lot. His name was Dr. Chester Miller. Dr. Chester Miller. Uh, in those days, we called everybody Brother Miller and, you know, so on and so forth. So I would call you Brother Virgil. <laughs> call me Brother Sam. That Those kind of things. So uh, this was 1980, 1980. So I ran quickly across the parking lot to... Dr. Chester Miller. I said to him, Brother Miller, Brother Miller, uh, maybe you've heard or maybe not, I'm going to be pastoring a church uh, in in Michigan. It'll be my first church. He said, yes, I heard about it, Brother Sam. Uh, May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you. I said to him, Brother Miller, if you could give me one piece of advice, what would it be? One piece of advice, what would that be? And this is what he said to me. It deeply disappointed me. (laughs) This is what he said to me. He looked at me right in the eye and he said, Brother Sam, live long, live clean. And walked away. Uh, uh, Pastor Virgil, I was expecting to say something like, uh, hey, this is what you need to do to be strategic in your thinking. Uh This is how you need to lead your church. And here are the two programs you've got to make sure you have there. And and here are the tactical things. And this is how you're going to raise leaders. And this is how you're going to cast vision. And these Uh are the changes. He didn't say any of those things. He just looked at me in the parking lot in Ohio, central Ohio. And he looked at me and said, Brother Sam, Live long,
0: live clean. Live clean.
1: <laughs> you know, as disappointed as I was at that time, I felt like the rich young ruler. Jesus gave him gold, <laughs> and he walked away disappointed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I walked away from there very disappointed, saying, "Ha, that's it." <laughs> but now, at almost sixty-nine. I know what he was saying. He was saying to me what I'm saying to your listeners. Mm. Live long, live clean.
0: I love it. Hashtag Brother Miller. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here's another question. What makes you laugh? What makes Sam Chand laugh? Laugh out loud. What do you, what? I want to know. I want to know. And then I'm going to ask the families if it's true.
1: Ah, I love <laughs> laughing out loud at my friends. I love <laughs> mocking people. <laughs> <laughs> Been a witness love,
0: to a little bit of that every once yeah, in a
1: while. Yeah. I, I love throwing people down under the bus. <laughs> uh, uh, and if I could give that question a little twist there, uh-huh. Pastor Virgil, what brings me great joy? Yeah, yeah. Look, I tell you, there's nothing more joyful in my life than to see a good family unit having fun together. Okay. I I just love to see uh, husband, wife, children, just husband, wife, children, grandchildren, just having fun. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, that's what life is all about. We work for that. (laughs) We work hard for that. We save for that it makes me just smile and laugh on the inside to see a happy, joyful family. Now, I know every family has its moments. I get that. But to see families together in a broken world, ah, family is the most important thing. Without family, there is really not even a church. The family breaks down, the church breaks down. That's right. So family, yes, yes, so...
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Okay, so so what is what are some things that Doctor Sam Chan loves to do? Okay, obviously you know you mentioned family and see and i but what are some specific things that you just love to do that maybe some people don't know about?
1: So I I love to do two things. Uh, But they both bring different kinds of fulfillment to me. Okay. I love hanging with my family. Uh Uh-huh. Anytime I can be in family, that's it. Uh, You know, family vacations, uh, going out to eat as a family, eating at home as a family. So that brings me just like, yes, this is what life is all about. Got it. The other part is... Talking to leaders who don't pastor large churches, who are not CEOs of large companies, they think of themselves as, "Ah, Sam Chen will never talk to me. I talk to probably 25, 30 of them a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, They will reach out to my office and say, uh, something like, I know he's really busy, but can you recommend a book on this topic or whatever? And Rachel will, knows what to do next. She says this to them. She says, "If you will send me your cell number, he would love to call you and talk to you." Now this could be a pastor of 25 people, uh-huh? Uh, somebody who's just planting a church. This could be uh, somebody who's just got a, a thought. Uh, this could be just somebody who's just starting a company. Uh, Over over all these uh, COVID days, I have been on podcasts with people who were just starting their podcasts. And in three or four cases, I can remember I was the first one they've ever had. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I just love investing in what I call emerging leaders. Mm -hmm. Emerging leaders. I love to have conversations with them, not because I'm wise, but because I just know what it feels like for somebody to stop by, take time, talk to them, encourage them, maybe give them a pointer or two here and there that'll keep them out of the ditches. And just, just give them, yeah, encouragement. Yep. Those are the two things I love to do. Family and just encouraging emerging leaders that probably could not, that not probably, who cannot pay, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. feel like they are nowhere on anybody's radar, who are dealing with issues of obscurity and insecurity and uh, more questions and doubts than answers and direction. Mm-hmm. And I just want to come by and give them what I did not have when I was growing up in my leadership. Yep, so
0: those are the two things I like to do. I love that. I love that. I think I think you do a good job at that, Dr. Sim. All right, so, so a, a couple of just first First thing that comes to your mind, I think I might know the answer to this first one. If we sit down at a restaurant right now, what's the one dish that's the one you want to have?
1: Oh, man, I'll be conflicted, but uh, I'll probably have a good steak. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) Maybe
0: a filet mignon? I don't know.
1: All right, all right. But it's got to be be a good steak. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about... Cut with your fork, steak. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so, yeah. Anyhow, carry on.
0: I've heard a wise man say that, that a good steak has to come from a good cow. Uh, not, I'm <laughs> looking for a good cow. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, if you and I were to, to go right now and play a sport with some friends or together, what sport would it be?
1: Probably ping pong. Okay. Yeah, because I, that's the only one I'm halfway de- you know, decent at. You know, in my former life, I was something reckoned with. I used to hustle ping pong.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you could scope out a room and see who could play. And
1: yeah, you so used to go to this place called Ping Pong Palace. Okay, and you know they had uh, scores of tables everywhere with nets in between them, and you know you walk up there, put a twenty dollar on the cash on the table, winner takes all, and <laughs> you know it's it's just like uh, yeah. It is. So so I have a question. I I was good at it, I was good at it.
0: Do you have your own ping pong paddle?
1: I do. Okay, all right, so you're serious. I got ping pong paddle, my own (laughs) table. Uh, Yes, I got two personal ping pong uh, paddles. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I got uh, the official balls. Uh, Yeah, but I don't play that much now because it's really depressing. Because my eyes tell me where the ball is going, but my legs don't get there in time. (laughs) Used to be I could be all over the place. So now I still got a good spin. I still got a good spin. Some people Uh call it English. Yep. I still got a good spin and I can usually get all of my five points. Okay. Yeah. And if I can get my five points and two of yours, I can win the game.
0: All right, well, let's put that on the list. Next time I'm in Atlanta, we're going to make it happen, okay? Do it. But You'll I don't, do it. But I don't own a paddle, so I'm a little behind there. But, but
1: i got amateur paddles that I can loan you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. Okay, if we were to sit down and say, hey, let's put on some music, what kind of music would it be?
1: I like instrumental hymns. Instrumental hymns. Uh, you know, I love all the contemporary worship and praise. I'm all into that. But my roots are from back there. So play me a little near my Lord to Thee, Old Rugged Cross, What Friend We Have in Jesus, Amazing Grace, you know. Some, uh, brother, yeah, Sam, just,
0: some brother Sam hymns.
1: Yeah, yeah, just play some Brother from the red hymnal. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, from the
0: rhythm, no. (laughs) I like that, I like that. Okay, okay, all right, here's another one. Here's another one. I don't want to get you in trouble. What would, what would, what would, what would Miss Brenda Chan tell us if we asked her about a secret talent, a hidden talent that Dr. Sam has?
1: Ah, I'm a good cook. Uh Uh-huh. I can play pretty much every instrument there is. Oh. Not good. Not good. Just enough. Okay. So in my house, I've got a keyboard. I got a piano. I got a guitar. I got saxophone. I got accordion. I
0: got harmonica. I even got a tambourine. Wow. (laughs) Come on. Hey, I, I, I I got the cover for your next book. Ping pong paddle in one hand, tambourine. In the other hand.
1: There you go. What are we, we going to call it?
0: Life is a journey. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We could be giving some good ideas here to the team. I like that. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Before I go to my last question, Dr. Sam, I'm having fun with you, so this is, this is good. Okay, so if there, right now, what is one thing you want to get better at? I want to get better at answering questions.
1: I want to get more succinct. I want to be more to the point. I want to be able to say more and less. Yeah, let's put it like that. All right. I want to be able to say more and less. That's good. I
0: like that. I like that. All right, let, let's, let's close. The, oh, before we, hey, before we close off any Avail Leadership podcast, we got to talk about the Avail Journal. So I know that a, a while back, a while back, Dr. Sam, Avail Journal, Avail was just an idea. I remember sitting in a meeting with you uh, at, a, at a leadership pastors conference in Puerto Rico and you were saying, hey, we're going to do this Avail thing. And we are now on the second year. By the way, we have this. This is one of the past covers, as you can see there. That's the ping-pong champion right there. This was a more recent one that came out. Can you see that one? Ooh. I love it. God is doing great things, the Aveil Journal. How do you feel about the Aveil Journal, Dr. Sam?
1: I think it is unique. I have received so many, many, many uh, emails, text messages, tweets from our friends who got this in the mail. And they all said, Wow. This is so good. And let me tell you what they say. They say things like, it looks great. Uh-huh. Some say it feels great. Mm-hmm. Uh, some say the content is great. Some say the content is eclectic. Uh, uh, some say it is a keeper. That means uh, you, you will not be able to throw this magazine away. This will you you I mean if you throw it away you're gonna feel guilty at least for half hour, Uh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Some say this is a coffee table, uh, living room uh, thing. Some say how can I get more of these? And so uh, it has just been a great journey. How hundred
0: uh, last I knew, hundred twenty thousand people were getting these. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Hey, if you are listening or watching right now and you have not done so, you can claim your free annual subscription. I said it. Free, I said the four-letter word, free. We love it. Gratis in Spanish. Free. Free annual subscriptions to The Veil Journal. Just go to availjournal.com. Sign up. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. You need to get this. It's a great Leadership journal, magazine, it, the quality is unbelievable. The content is even better. Pastor, uh, uh, Dr. Sam, you were talking about the importance of content. The content for, for Christian leaders is just amazing in the Avail Journal. So make sure if you haven't done so, and register. And one of the things
1: that can, anyone can do, Pastor Virgil, is say, this is not just for me. Your entire leadership team mm-hmm. can sign. All you have to do is to send that uh uh, link availjournal.com to whoever via email or Facebook yeah. or Twitter, however you want to do that, and, and send it out to your leadership team. Uh, churches send it out to their volunteers, to their boards, to their uh, staffs. Corporate people send it to their staffs uh, because it's, it's just a wonderful asset and mm-hmm. everybody gets to sign on by themselves, and they sign on by themselves. That means they take initiative for it. It creates a common vocabulary, creates culture, gives you talking points. You can pick up a, an article and discuss it. You can, yeah, I mean, you can do so many things. So it's not just for you, but all the people that you would love to grow around you as leaders. You give them the uh, the
0: link availjournal.com and. Voila, it'll be in your mailbox. (laughs) That's great. And by the way, there's a lot more resources if you go to theartofleadership.com theartofleadership.com. You're going to see a lot more resources from Avail, including the Avail Plus program where you're going to be getting a book a month, books that are curated by Dr. Sam Chan himself with companion study guides, with video masterclass series. It is awesome. Theartofleadership.com. And I will mention this this one last thing, Dr. Sam Chan. You, you still have the SCLI going for pay what you can. Absolutely.
1: Uh, they can go to samchan.com COVID. And what you'll get there is... Let me tell you the price. Let me tell you the price before I tell you what you're going to get. Come on. It's whatever you want to pay. What? Yep. Whatever you want to pay. So Are you 710? serious? Absolutely. Dot com slash COVID. And what you'll get for that, you're going to get 12 of my books, one book a month. You can get those books either digital or you can buy them uh, as a box. Uh, hard hard uh, Hard copies. So... Uh, you'll get 12 of my books, one a month, and then you're going to get four videos a month teaching that book. So the book, teaching videos, at the end of it, you'll get a certificate from the Sam Chand Leadership Institute. Uh, Thousands upon thousands of people all over the world are participating in that. Mm. Why not you?
0: samchand.com slash COVID. Pay whatever you want to pay. Awesome, awesome. I'm doing it. I love it. And let me add here, remember, I always do this, Dr. Sam. For everybody who speaks Espanol, you just add 19 on the end of that and you can have the Sam Chan Leadership Institute in Spanish with subtitles. So if you know a Spanish leader, if you are a Spanish leader or if you know somebody who would benefit from it in Spanish, you could send them this to samchan.com forward slash COVID just add 19. That's they it. The Spanish. Yeah. I want to close off, Dr. Sam, just uh, with cl- here's the closing thoughts that I want you to finish with. What is your outlook on the future of leadership within the church? You know, and, and you could kind of wrap it up as far as, you know, there could be a few things that maybe worry you or burden you and some things that you're, that you're excited about. But what's your outlook on the future and leaders in the church? I'm extremely excited
1: about the future of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have friends who are writing books about the demise of the church. I have friends who talk about how the best days of the church are behind us. Hmm. I don't see that as God's plan. Because he's already told us he's coming back for a bride at church without spot or wrinkle. Hmm. He's not coming for a church that is in a nursing home somewhere that is walking with a walker and a crutch. Hmm. He's coming for a vibrant, alive, vivacious, triumphant, victorious, overcoming church. Come on. That's what my Bible informs me. (laughs) That's right. And therefore, I'm extremely excited about the future of the church. Not only from God's perspective in in his word, but also from what I see. What I'm seeing is that churches are thriving, churches are growing, churches are reporting higher incomes than they had in 2019 and 2020. Mm. I see churches uh, uh, reporting that more new people are coming to church. Uh, The church is alive and well. So I'm totally bullish on the church. I'm saying let's go after it. This is a great, great time for the church to reach into the community and really be what we call to be, be the salt, be the light that God has, you know, Matthew 16, 18 says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of hell, the gates of hell, the gates of hell shall not Not prevail. Prevail against it. Mm -hmm. Shall not. Now, either I'm going to believe the surveys, that people are writing and doing and reading, or I'm going to believe what God's Word is saying. God's Word says, shall not prevail. I'll go with that. So if you're listening to me right now, and you are a leader in a church, be encouraged. Square your shoulders. Pick up your chin. Get a lilt in your step. Put a smile on your face. Get some vibrancy in your voice. Remind yourself and remind the people that you are influencing and leading. God is alive. His church is alive. His church is not an organization. His church is an organism. Mm. His church is a living, breathing entity. (laughs) It's not contained to church attendance or buildings or campuses. It is His people. And I want you to be encouraged yourself and make sure you speak an encouraging word every time you stand in front of the people Mm. because that's what our mandate is. It is his church, he's going to take good care of it.
0: I love it. What a great way to end off this conversation, Dr. Sam Chand. let me just say first of all, uh, I am honored to be able to be here with you i'm honored to be able to have a great conversation like this and i'm going to say something that might sound strange because it might but i'm proud of you i 'm proud Thank of you. you i'm proud of your faith i'm proud of your tenacity <laughs> and i'm proud that that you're just um you're pouring out so much to so many leaders, including myself, on a consistent basis through so many ways and so many vehicles that, that it's really making a difference. So on behalf of the whole other leadership team, we honor you, my friend, and we're thankful for your life. Thank you for all you do. And you know,
1: when you say I'm proud of you, uh, you know, nobody gets beyond the place where they don't need to be encouraged. Nobody.
0: Thank yeah. you. Uh, you you are definitely uh, an inspiration and and what you have mentioned at the beginning influence and legacy you're a great example of that so thank you and thank you for being willing to do kind of an off script uh Um, episode here of the avail leadership podcast we all love you dr sam hey and for everybody who's watching or listening thank you for connecting with us as you can see we love to bring leadership content talk leadership encourage you empower you in all of this that we call the art of leadership we hope to see you or we hope to for you to lean in and listen next time here on the avail leadership podcast catch you next time Thank you so much for joining us for week one of our Back to Leadership series here on the Avail Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this flashback featuring the man himself, Dr. Sam Chand. Remember, you can connect with Sam by going to samchand.com, and you can find more leadership resources by visiting us at theartofleadership.com. Make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at AvailJournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.